Welcome to Apaga University. I'm Inga. And I'm Julie. We are two entrepreneurs who have built an in-home care business from the ground up, guided every step of the way by God's care and fueled by agape love. 16 years later and over 100 podcast episodes already under our belts, we invite you to continue on this journey with us as we share stories that resonate, insights that inspire, and practical guidance that empowers you to face any obstacle along this path. Whether you're a professional caregiver, a family member, or are simply curious about what your steps will be when you need them, you have come to the right place. Oh, hey, and while you're here, make sure you hit that subscribe button. And after that, make sure you send this to a friend. Yes, do it. All right, we'll quit fooling around and get to it. Let's go. Class is in session. Hello, sunshines. Hello, Julie. Hello, Tuna. Hello, hello, hello. <laughs> How are you today? I'm well. What's new? <sighs> Just living the dream. Yeah? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. What do you think about this weather? Man, it's been up and down and, well... Um, it is now the beginning of summer, so it's um, we're getting, actually, in my opinion, great weather because, you know, down where Cali is, it's it's almost 110 every day. Yeah. So you're and happy about the cooler I actually do better in the cool, yeah. so I'm not sad about it at all. Because you're very cool, Julie. I'm cool. You are cool. Calm. And it's, it's causing lots of problems with collected. our lambs, though. Like, yeah. the super, super hot, super, super cold. Yep, yep, yep. Then they just get the coughs. Yeah. You can't have that. No, that's All right, not well, good. Enough about the weather. Yeah. Hey, so we've got a topic today that you stumbled across on Facebook or yeah. some social media yeah. and thought, wow, this is something really great that we should talk about. Yes. We'll get to that soon. But yes. first, I want to ask you. Yes. What do you say... When you're interacting with someone who you know is suffering. Yeah. How do you, what do you say? Well, so this is a deal. And this might be one of those podcasts where I lose it because things to me with losing a person are still very raw. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to be front up with you guys. <laughs> I brought my wipe just in case I have a tear. It's actually it's heavy duty <laughs> paper towel. It's paper towel. I didn't want anything soft. So maybe that would help me not <laughs> keep it together, Julie. Keep it together. Bite your bottom lip and blow up get through it is that what it is yeah. yeah okay anyway so when I was younger I struggled to talk to people that had just had a loss mm -hmm. or had something hard because it is so hard to know what to say to somebody that's in grief mm -hmm. and um so I now I'm very, very open about things. And I just hit the nail on the head in terms of saying, hey, yeah. I am so sorry. And just go from there yeah. and, and take the conversation where they want it. Because people are unique and everybody has their own way of dealing with any kind of a grief situation. Um, and I'm not just talking about like the finality of a death. Right. Um, the article that we're going to read here shortly actually came from my friend Sony's Facebook and she used this story when her daughter had a tragic accident and they were in the intensive care unit with their baby for weeks. And so she was going through her own kind of grief. So the majority of what we're going to talk about is the finality of death, but you can use this stuff this podcast for anything. I just use this kind of um, thought process with a caregiver that just called. Mm -hmm. She called and we had a very unfortunate situation where she went in and found her person 
on the ground. Mm. And it scared her to death. But thankfully, she was cool, calm, and collected. She was able to do what she had to do to make sure he was safe from that point on. And I had to talk her down. And the biggest thing was to not just say, oh, my gosh, you did an amazing job, but then turn around and say, how are you? Oh, yeah, absolutely. give her time to say whatever it was that she needed to to get it off her chest. Mm -hmm. And I think that people um, do appreciate more of the raw, straight to the point, none of the flowery crap that you hear sometimes. You just want to be told, this really, really sucks. And damn it, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. Yeah. I think just an acknowledgement. Uh-huh. And like you said, letting people kind of take it where yep. they're going to take it. Yep. Um, but yeah, we'll we'll get into more of the details about yep. that as we get further in. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go ahead and read our verse. Yep. And then you brought a story for the good news story that actually really correlates with yep. the topic that we're going to be discussing yep. today. Yep. So our verse of the week is John chapter 16, verse 22. And it says... So with you, now is your time of grief, but I will see you again and you will rejoice and no one will take away your joy. Yeah. Isn't that lovely? Mm-hmm. Um, with uh, the passing of my brother, which is still very raw, like I was saying, um, one of the biggest things that gets me through really sucky hard things is knowing that I'm going to see that person again. That is my faith. That is my belief. And I hold it hard. Yes. Well, you also hold on to, not only are you going to see him again, but you still see him and your dad all the time. Oh yeah. Yeah. You see him in rainbows. In the rainbows. Yep. Yep. And the other day there was a double rainbow. Are you kidding me? (laughs) Ah, (laughs) I, anytime I see one, I'm like snapping a picture and sending it to you because I just know they're there. Yeah. No. See, and that's my thing. Yep. That is my thing. That helps me. Yep. Yeah. All right. Well, share your story. Okay. So, um, this really, truly, when I saw Sony's post, I was like, oh, this is a podcast. And it's like I said, not just for a death, but also for anybody that is going through anything that they consider hard. Mm-hmm. The other thing that we need to remember is we might not think it's a big deal, but to them, it's rocking their world. Yes. So this is interestingly enough called grief groceries. When my dad died, I looked functional, but I wasn't okay. Not at all. And when the news got out, a ton of people flooding me with calls, texts, and direct messages was overwhelming. I really couldn't function. I sat on the swing in our yard, and I just stared into space. People called and asked what they could do to help. I had no idea. Well, anything you need at all, let me know, okay? Okay. They hung up. I stared into space some more. I had no idea what to do, what I needed. I didn't even know what to ask for. Then a friend sent me a text. This friend had met dad once, but didn't really know him. But still, she knew I was hurting. I saw who it was and almost put the phone down without reading the text, but saw the message and it stopped me. Will you be home at 830 tonight? What's weird is that that friend of mine lives 12 hours away from me. Yes, I replied. Okay. Ten minutes later, she said, Instacart will be there at 8.30. Open the door for them. What? Grief groceries. When Instacart showed up, they put two large bags of groceries on my porch. Frozen pizzas, ice cream, Oreo cookies, tin soup, Stouffer's lasagna, a gallon of milk. Like that. Things I could heat up if I needed a meal or pig out on if I needed fat and sugar. <laughs> Sometimes you just need to eat half a box of Oreos. Notice she didn't ask if I needed any food. I would have said no. She just asked if I would be home. Grief groceries. Another friend who lives out of town asked Renee to name a restaurant near our 
house where we like to eat. There is a local chain near our house that is sort of a deli. When we eat supper there, we spend about 25 bucks. Renee told her the name of the place. An hour later, there was a gift card in my inbox for $250. Yes, that's a lot of money, and I understand not everyone can do that. But the wonderful thing was that because it was enough for multiple meals, we didn't have to try to save it for the right time. We ate there that night and take out for um, several times a week for the next month on nights when I just didn't have the spoons to cook. Both of those gift givers knew something I didn't know, that when you are grieving, you don't want to make decisions. No, that's not quite it. You can't make decisions. You hit decision fatigue really fast. So I guess what I'm saying is don't ask grieving people to make big choices or decisions. How can I help is a big choice. But can I take the kids this afternoon so you can have some time to yourself is a much smaller one. Will you be home tonight is a small choice. What restaurant do you like is a small decision. Just showing up to cut their grass because you noticed it needed cutting is loads better than asking, do you want me to cut the grass? Or I'm going to Target. What can I get you while I'm there is better than can I run errands for you? It won't always be like this. If you stick around, eventually they will surface and ways to be helpful will make themselves known. But in the first few days, especially, it helps to remove any, as many decisions from their plate as you can. That is huge. Isn't that unbelievable? Just in everything in life, do you get paralyzed at times when, because, and I feel like us here, we make a lot of big decisions Uh every single day, like things that people don't really probably even comprehend that we're making decisions about. So when it, even when it comes down to like, what's for lunch today? It's like, (laughs) I don't have the capacity to make one more decision. So when someone is in this tremendous amount of grief, Mm -hmm. I can understand that being like, please just make the decision for me. Oh my gosh. I go to get groceries and they go, do you want paper or plastic? And I just look at them and go, I don't care. (laughs) I say whatever's easiest for you. Stick it in a bag so I can go home. (laughs) I know. And it's little simple things like that. Yeah. That um, are just about enough to then push you over the edge. Those poor beggars. They're like, I we're just, we're, policy says we have to ask. Do our job. Be nice, Julie. <laughs> um, I should mention that this, uh, this article actually came from a gentleman named Hugh Holloway Jr. He wrote this post on the passing of his um, father in 2020. Oh, wow. Yeah. So um, just got to give him kudos for an incredible story. Yeah, that's really, really good. Yeah. Simple things like that. Yeah. Um, yep. I, I love it. So, so, um, so what we're going to talk about is just helping somebody grieve or even to know the right things to say when you're, you're like at a funeral mm-hmm. or, or any of the places where you bump into somebody, because there's a lot of times that you're like, Oh crap, there's Julie. I don't know what to say to her. I'm going to, did she see me? Did she, did I got to hurry up and get out of here. You know? And, and, um, the biggest thing is you might not even have to say one stinking word, yeah. but a hug. It's just any acknowledgement, yeah. I think. Yeah. And like you were saying before, you let people take it from there. Mm-hmm. Um, my thing, and it'll probably get into it here, but I, for a long time in my youth, same thing, like you panic and you're like, I don't know what to say to these people. Mm-hmm. And then it becomes about you and you're, you know, you're worried about yourself. <laughs> right. You have to let go of all of that mm-hmm. and be able to just, like you said, maybe just give someone a hug, maybe just pat them on the arm. Mm-hmm. I mean, acknowledge that whatever the situation is, mm-hmm. it just plain sucks. And yeah. you're sorry that it's happening. And maybe you don't understand or you haven't experienced it directly yourself, mm-hmm. but um, but you acknowledge that they're going through something. Yeah. Yeah. And the other thing is, don't be surprised if you give them that pat or that hug that they're, they may break down yes. right there, right in the middle of the grocery store. But guess what? 
in my opinion, tears are healing. They they might need it. Yeah, honestly. and they and they might have just been holding it. Yes, and they might need to know that it's okay to do that. Yeah, because I think that a lot of times in grief, people hold on to stuff. Ugh, um, they absolutely. don't want to grieve in public. They don't want anyone to know what they're truly going through. Yeah, and um, so that's where you get into that, just kind of letting them lead stuff. But yeah give an acknowledgement. So yeah, let's talk about yeah. this article that you brought, um, what to say to someone after a funeral. Yeah. Yeah. So basically if you've ever wondered what to say to someone, don't worry. Although, um, trying to comfort someone after the death of a loved one can be difficult. There are still things that you can say to family members that don't sound fake, insecure, or awkward. Um, and it's, it's funeral directors are quite often asked what a person should or should not say during a funeral. And so basically what we're going to go through is some of their responses yeah. and that they obviously have the experience, right? Yeah. So, yeah. uh, first and foremost, be yourself, oh, right? I, I love that. Yep. It's so don't, important. Yeah. Don't change who you are. This, especially if it's someone you've known your whole life or yeah. whatever, don't, don't get all weird on them now, right? So be yourself. <laughs> they don't need to have to worry about that. <laughs> People who just lost a loved one, they know how difficult it is to tell them something comforting because let's face it, they've been in the same position, right? So even before you decide what to say, think about how you're going to say it. Um, but if you work hard at being yourself and say something that you truly mean, you're much more likely to say something that will indeed make them feel better. So just don't force it, but saying things like he's in a better pay place or there's a reason for everything, be careful with those. They can backfire because mm -hmm. it can make the person feel like either the death or the situation is insignificant. Yeah. Um, truly, one of the most sincere things that you can say is, I'm sorry for your loss. Yeah. Um, after all, this is a real loss to that person and saying I'm sorry is sincere sounding, shows that you care, and that person understands that saying something perfect perfect is nearly impossible to do mm -hmm. right so they're just going to appreciate that you have said something from from the heart and acknowledged it right right um is saying nothing a good option in my case i have so many words so <laughs> it would never be a thing but um sometimes you know um if you don't know what to say um just be honest and true about it mm -hmm. and um a hug like we were talking about is is what it would take mm -hmm. that it that action speaks volumes. Yes. Well, and I've, I've often found myself in a situation where I don't know what to say, mm -hmm. but instead of saying nothing at all, I say, I don't know what to say. Yeah. I don't have the words. Yeah. Um, not just ignoring the situation or like yeah. avoiding it. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I do know that, you know, God puts you into situations that hopefully down the road you can help others. Mm -hmm. And and having um, lost dad a couple years ago and then just with um, Andrew just recently, um, you know, I have actually used those scenarios to help, which I think I'm helping people mm -hmm. um, when we have a daughter that is um, very, very sad because the impending is coming with her dad. I can say, I've been there. I just recently lost my father. Mm -hmm. And it actually opens her up. I think when you show your vulnerability yeah. and, and they can relate, mm -hmm. it's like, oh, okay, well, she's got some experience with this. Yeah. She's going to be able to help me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the thing is, oh, you can't make it about you. Oh, yeah. Never, never that. Because then all of a sudden they're like, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a fine line for yeah, sure, but yeah, right. Yeah. I think, um, the other thing with the, what not to say is basically if you are going to offer that help or say, Hey, let me know if I can do anything for you, then you better pony up and be there and, and do yeah. what you say. Don't be that person that's like, Oh, just let me know if I can help you. And then you disappear. Yeah. And I think as the first story or article that you read, um, 
try not to make those big decisions put those big decisions on people just show up i mean we all know what people need right mm-hmm. oreos mm-hmm. that's simple yeah are you laughing at the cat <laughs> what's going on <laughs> i keep i keep feeling oh she's sitting behind me i can't scoot back yeah. i keep feeling her don't scrub up against me i'm probably covered in white cat hair i've somewhere around here i've got the tuna tape yeah anyway yeah that is what you're there's nothing wild going on behind me is there i'm trying to figure out what you're looking at oh i am just looking (laughs) anyway back to oreos bring the oreo always bring the oreos oreos are good good yes yeah so um bring a sympathy card Mm -hmm. you know those kinds of things um so also let's talk we can talk about the person Mm -hmm. that's either like my friend Sony, her, you know, her child was in that bed hooked up to everything and, um, or somebody that's deceased, talk about them. They Mm -hmm. are a real person. They have been a real person. They have had a life. They are a life, you know? And so it's okay. And then, you know, if you're trying to think of something to say, uh, you can bring up a memory of something that you had and it's, it's okay. They might cry. They're going to cry, but then they'll say, Oh, it's so good to know. Like when we were going through our stuff with Andrew, um, a whole bunch of cowboys came up to the intensive care and they, we spent the whole day between crying and laughing and crying and laughing because, Oh my gosh, the stories. And I just felt like he had had such a good life because I got to hear the stories of what he spent with his buddies. Yes. And it was, it was pretty sweet. You know, you can say things like he was such a talented musician. Um, here's my favorite memory of her. Um, he was wonderful and we all loved him. Mm-hmm. That's huge to know that my brother, here we go, <laughs> was so loved. Yes. And that's what people remembered and said, made it all good. Yeah. As good as it could be. Sure. <laughs> Dang it, Julie. I know. Bite I your did. lip. Blow, blow up underneath your eyelids. I was hoping I could do this. I think it is important, though, to talk about the deceased and to keep that memory alive. Oh, and, gosh. You know, there are going to be some situations or scenarios where families aren't comfortable with that. And yeah. I, and so you have to kind of read that room as well. But yeah. um, keeping the spirit of someone alive and going and, and letting the family know how loved they were, how cherished, how yeah. respected. Um, I think those are really, really important things because, like yeah. you said, and it's bringing you to your knees right now, but yeah. just knowing and hearing from other people how loved yeah. Andrew was and is. Yeah. Huge. Yeah. And then um, uh, quite a long time ago, um, we lost Cassie as she was my stepdaughter. Mm-hmm. And it was a very sudden thing as well. Um, but the one thing that I do, and I know some people think I'm so weird, but I'll do it forever, is on her birthday, I always go and get a birthday cake. Yep. And I just, we, we have the birthday, we have the candle, we do the whole thing. But that's my thing. Yeah. That's my thing with her. And I, I don't care. I will that, always do that. I think that flows right into the helping the family when the funeral's over. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Things that you can yep. do either as a family or family members. Yep. Once, yep. once that ceremony is over. Yeah. Um, basically remember that everybody's coming together for this funeral. We're all here. And then you go through this event Mm -hmm. and then everybody goes home and what's left. Mm -hmm. The family, a lot of times are left (coughs) alone. Yeah. So we cannot forget about, um, 
keeping, maintaining contact with them and reaching out, making sure they're okay, doing the things that you say you're going to do, showing up when you say you're going to. Yeah. Well, it's, it's kind of funny. Um, not funny, not funny. Um, I had two different sympathy cards that didn't get to me right after the event. Mm -hmm. One got to me just last week. And the one before that was like a week before, but I loved getting those, even though it's been a while just to say, ah, you know, there's still people thinking about us and everything that we've been going through. Mm-hmm. So that, you know, it doesn't matter. Is you, you forget to get that in the mail or, or you know, whatever. It just, just do it. Just do it and just say, hey, I'm still thinking about you. Yeah. 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 One recommendation is basically letting people know, hey, when you're ready to talk, give me a call. Yeah. But I think that, I think that that's a great thing to do. But I think that also you have to take the initiative to be yeah. the one place that phone call, whether you talk about the person that's gone or not mm-hmm. is irrelevant, but mm-hmm. just letting the the surviving family members know or oh, friends yeah. or whoever that is, you know, yeah. that you're still there and you're not just kind of falling off. Yeah. Oh, Super yeah. important. Yeah. Some of the cute things that they say, um, is I'm just a phone call away if you need me, but still call them. Mm-hmm. Like you're saying, I don't have the right words, but I love you. Mm-hmm. That's a big one. And then I have some chocolates with your name on them. <laughs> <laughs> I love that one. Isn't that uh, always makes I don't smile. even have to be in crisis for someone to yeah, have give you, chocolates. Give you I will chocolates. accept them at any point yeah. in time. <laughs> yeah. So um, anyway, so that's kind of good. Um, what not to say, I think we touched on that just briefly. Um, things are like, don't cry. Yeah. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Um, you need to be strong. No, you don't. And you'll get over it soon. No, you will not. You will get over it when you get over it and And you're darn never, ever get over it because there's always a piece of them with you. Um, just recently I, I went with my mother to a wedding Mm-hmm. And it was just beautiful, but it happened to be in a place where there was a ton of memories for our family. Mm. And she was able to make it through the wedding ceremony. But as we went to sit down for the reception, she just looked around and said, I have to go. Mm-hmm. And it was so sweet because she's always, of course, thinking about everybody else. She said, you stay because there's family here that you haven't seen for a while. You need to stay and I'm, I'm just going to go. And I said, absolutely not, mother. And I just <laughs> knew about five miles down the road, there was a place where we could go have dinner. And she and I um, made our goodbyes to everybody and was able to go just sit because I needed to just be with my mom. Oh, that's... I could have never, ever stayed at that party and enjoyed myself oh. knowing that mother was having a sad time. But the problem with mom and with everybody is you never know when a memory is going to hit you. Mm -hmm. And um, so you have to be very, very careful where you think you can go and be. Um, I know she's tried a couple different times to make it through church and, and had to leave. And, and so very, you know, and I, I don't know the connection there, but for her, that was very, very strong. And so, you know, I just said, it's okay, mom, if you had to leave, God understands your pastor understands And, you know, someday you'll be able to sit through it again and, um, and go from there. Mm-hmm. So gosh, you, what do they say? You never know when a memory is going to roll down your cheek. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah. So, um, there are a couple, four ways to help someone after loss. And again, we've touched on it, but don't expect the loved one to call you, yeah. right? You need to be the one to take the initiative to do that. Um, things that you can do, create a new tradition, yeah. right? 
Um, most of life has been shared with an individual who is now gone. Even trips to the grocery <laughs> store can bring back memories, like you're saying, and yeah. re-emphasize that pain of the loss. So as a caring friend, you can help make new memories um, that don't include the departed loved one. New places to go and eat or shop, local mm. events that maybe you didn't do before, or even short trips to places that have not been visited before. Because uh-huh. like you're saying, you know, when for you guys in that smaller area, mm-hmm. you know, there are going, it's just a lifetime. Yeah. It's a lifetime of memory. So yep. maybe try a new tradition. Yep. Um, write down important dates. And this is something that you have been really good about with your mom mm-hmm. is, you know, after the loss of your dad, remembering the anniversary, remembering birthdays and things like mm-hmm. that. Do not let that person be alone on those important dates. Yeah. And yeah. um, they call that the year of firsts. Mm-hmm. And I know that we've talked about yeah. it before, but I just had another friend on Facebook that was reaching out in, in her message. I took it as her reaching out mm-hmm. for something to, and saying, oh, this is our first whatever the event was without this person. And I was just like, I am so sorry. This first year without someone, the year first, just so bad, so So hard, hard. so hard. Um, And hopefully, you know, just once again, being able to share that you relate, Mm -hmm. hopefully helps. Yeah. Yeah. Hope. And then basically share when the, when the deceased person is on your mind. So, Mm -hmm. you know, let the family know, Hey, I just, I was doing this and I thought of Andrew. I saw a rainbow. (laughs) I saw a rainbow. (laughs) Heck yeah. Yeah. Um, One of the things that has been so good, so good, and we're going to get into this right now, is how to support that person who's grieving, is mother has an incredible village. And um, she um, has a neighbor that is quite new to agricultural life on a few things and so mom has taken her down to check on the summer cows and um and she's always running to be able to have um dinner with amy or carol or she's we've kept her very very busy and um she's been able to just keep going because she also knows she has to yeah but um do not let your person be by themselves for a huge amount of time, you know, they just be with them and know that you love them. And we have a a family group text and we'll send pictures to each other and, and funnies and, um, and not funnies because I think I'm funny all the time and evidently I'm not, but, um, I send something that I think is hilarious and get grunts and groans from the rest of family. (laughs) But, you know, just that communication is really, really, um, interesting because even with our situation, I had a completely different relationship with my brother than my brother had with, you know, cause yeah, Richard, that was his best friend yeah. besides his, besides his, um, <clears throat> besides his brother. And then, you know, Dana was incredibly close to mm-hmm. Andrew and he confided in her a lot on things that he wouldn't necessarily tell everybody else. Sure. And then of course, mother, you know, yeah. that's, that's a different thing. So just know that there's not, everybody it's not the same for every person because everybody has a different relationship a different way of dealing with Mm -hmm. it uh, dealing um i think also um i'm not saying that things have been easy for me at all um but with what we do for a living inga we see a lot of sadness Mm -hmm. um because of the decline in people and the eventual death of people and so we deal with it a lot more um even though when you then um are hit with it on a personal level it's shocking how it rocks your world. Oh. Yeah. I, I've had the one family loss, like in my, where, where I could really truly comprehend mm-hmm. and process all of it with yeah. my grandpa Fisher. And yep. um, yeah, it's just, it's wild. Yeah. Yep. And you can't set a clock or anything. Mm-mm. 
Nope. So keys to helping a loved one who's grieving. Uh, don't let fears about doing or saying the wrong thing stop you from reaching out. Mm-hmm. Uh, let your grieving loved one know that you are there to listen. Understand that everybody grieves differently and for different lengths of time. Mm-hmm. Offer to help in practical ways and maintain that support after the funeral. Right. So stay engaged. Right. Um, the Understanding the grieving process is, like you said, unique to everyone. And there's no right or wrong way. Mm-hmm at all um and it may also involve extreme emotions and behaviors yes and there's you know there's denial there's grief there's anger i mean even after a while if you're not angry at the person for passing or having the accident and getting themselves into that situation you're mad at them um or you even at some point get mad at god Mm. Because that is part of the grief, and then you just slowly have to pull back together and and try to piece together then your emotions and and figure out how to move forward. When you're thinking about how to be talking to your loved one, um, again, you want to be acknowledging the situation, right? We, We can't pretend that this isn't happening because it is happening. Express your concerns. Let them talk about how that loved one died if that is something that they want to do. Right. Um ask how they feel. Uh Again, you need to kind of read your situation and know if you're pushing on someone that this is, they don't want to share that with you, Mm -hmm. then, you know, back up, but ask them, Hey, how do you feel today? You doing okay today? Um, and then accept what they tell you. So (laughs) you cannot ask someone. And then if you don't agree with, or it's not how you feel, Mm -hmm. you don't get to put that on them. Right. Ask them and accept it. That's a Um, good one. Be genuine in your communication yep. and be willing to sit in silence. How important is that at times to just be there? Oh my gosh. So many times we just aren't really listening to the full sentence. We're just already concocting an answer. Working on what you're going to say back. Exactly. And there are times that you just need to, because truly the longer you sit in silence, the more they'll open up to you mm-hmm. because you've given them the opportunity to process and be able to come forth yep. with whatever it is that is on their heart. Yep. The space to do it and a safe space to do it. Mm-hmm. And yeah. And yeah. then basically again, the things that you need to avoid saying it's part of God's plan. Look at what you have to be thankful for. He's in a better place now. It's behind you now. You need to get on with your life. Ugh. Like these, these are not helpful. It's like the guy that screams calm down when the situation is escalating. <laughs> And thinks that that's going to bring any sort of assistance. That's not the way to do it, right? Right. So just keep those things to yourself. They're not helpful. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, And and those sayings that you just said, you know, it's part of God's plan. Yes, it is. Right. But those of us that are still here just wonder, what the hell does that mean? Right. Right. I mean, honestly, I, I just have to really say it is... Okay, I get you have a plan, but, but can what? you be more, a little more clear about specifically why why this is going on? Right. You know, and, and so that's back to that being angry with God for a while mm-hmm. until you have to get back to your grace and your faith right. for yourself. Um, and it's hard. And I think that maybe years down the road, because I know not necessarily in death situations, but in situations where you might have the tendency to go, why is this happening or what's going on? Uh It usually tends to be a year or two down the road, maybe not always that long, maybe longer, that you're like, oh, yeah, I get it now. I Mm -hmm. see it now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 And then back to what you were saying about, um, 
you know, if they want to talk about how their loved one died. Um, with our situation, we were very open about it mm-hmm. because my brother was very young. He was only 37. And whenever somebody young dies, everybody wants to know the story. Right. And they're just wondering. Yes. And so we were just like, he was 37. He had this thing happen inside his body mm-hmm. um, because they're always like, oh, was it a car accident? Oh, was it a suicide? Or was it this? Or was right. it that? And, and the speculation <laughs> in, in itself. Yes is one of those things. And so uh, what we had done in lieu of flowers is actually ask for donations to the Red Cross because my brother, as he was going through this thing, was getting transfusion and transfusion and transfusion. Mm-hmm. And so we were like, to give back people, if you want to honor him, do this. And um, But for us, it was very important that people understood Right. The reason. So there was no speculation. Right. And I think that there are probably cases where maybe people don't want it broadcast. So that's mm-hmm. a that's a deal where you yep. let them talk if they want to, but yeah. don't push it. I think it all yeah. comes down to just being there for the person and getting a read on what they need yeah. from you at the yep. time. So yep. just be sensitive to that. Yeah. Yeah, it was and, very important to my family yeah, that, yes. th- that they, everybody just to cut the crap because a lot of times oh, yeah. people are mean, even oh. in sad times, right. you know, and, and, and so if they don't know, or they know just a smidgen, then it just probably gets bigger and bigger oh, and bigger and bigger. Yeah. Um, so yeah, just getting it out there and saying, this yeah. is what happened. I don't know how many people I heard. Oh, uh, it was a car accident. I was like, <laughs> no, you have no idea what you speak <laughs> of. So shut it. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay. So practical assistance. Yes. Always offer that practical assistance. Again, those are things like shopping for groceries, running yep. errands, um, dropping off casseroles, or if they don't like casseroles, then not a casserole, something yeah. else. Um, <laughs> Ice cream. Help with Oreos. <laughs> funeral arrangements if that's necessary. Um, stay in the loved one's home to take calls and receive guests. Yeah. Um, help with like if you have a specialty maybe you like me I do the insurance stuff here so if someone needed that from me I would be able to help them with that right yep um take care of housework do their laundry for them watch children pick them up from school get them to daycare um drive people drive them if they need you know it's just one less thing for them to have to worry about yeah um look after pets if that's a thing whoever has to look after my pets I'm just going to tell you they're actually Bailey's and there's like a thousand of them so good luck with that sheep that would be um (laughs) just I mean if they want to go to a support group but don't want to go alone offer to go with them yeah go for a walk yeah you know go to lunch or a yep. movie, just like you said, you and your mom found a place to go and have lunch together. Yep. And, um, or just do something that is enjoyable. You know, for my mom, she loves to play cribbage and quirkle. If you've never heard of quirkle, you should look it up because it's a really fun game. But yeah. <laughs> um, that uh, ongoing support is actually where we're at right mm-hmm. now with my family. Yes. Um, continue um, the support for the long haul mm-hmm. because it's not just one and done. You, you know, yeah. for some people it is because that's how much they can support somebody. Right. But, um, you know, this other person, you just reach out and just check on them. Just call them. Mm-hmm. Um, and don't make assumptions based on, on um, outward appearances. Yeah. Boy, because this is a wound that is deep in your soul. Mm-hmm. This is not something that you can see. You might occasionally see tears. You might occasionally see a sadness. But... 
people are always going to say they're fine. Yes. And I think that most people aren't going to, if they can help it, let that show. Oh. So yes, you do have to look deeper in there because that outward appearance is probably not what's truly going on. Um, Understand the pain of bereavement may never fully heal. And I love that because people are, are, tough sometimes get over it you're fine oh that's been a year why are you still sad yeah you know whatever the case yeah Yeah. and then um that like we said extra support on special days yeah and then I think um another thing that you want to do is you know just be paying attention and watching for signs of depression if anything like that is happening so just be aware be engaged you know I actually have a friend um that just recently since I lost my brother, she'd then lost hers Mm. and, um, she was really struggling. And, um, I just kept reaching out to her and just asking her how she was and having her talk to me Mm -hmm. because she is a person that tends to have depression and it worried me Mm. because I knew that on a good day, she was usually pretty, um, cup like this versus the cup Full, yeah. half full, it's always half empty. And I've thought about her a lot and reached out a lot just to check on her mm-hmm. because I do worry about her depression. Yeah. So it's a thing. It's very much a thing. Yeah. And then I think the more that they kind of retreat and yeah. less engaged they are, then it just compounds. Yeah. So, oh, sure. So, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Be paying attention for that stuff. That's well, good. that was kind of a bummer of a of a thing, but it doesn't have to be because really you can use that information and just do better at supporting people in their times of grief and loss. And that really was the whole goal. Yes. After I read that story about grief groceries, I was like, this, we have to talk about this Agreed. because these are topics that people don't talk about. So (laughs) let's be weird and do that. (laughs) Always with the things that like maybe, yeah. Uh, Somebody somewhere needs to hear that story. (laughs) And that is what we're going to base this whole conversation on. All right. (laughs) Well, you um, wind us down with a grandma saying, and then we'll tell you where you can go to subscribe. And then we'll get out of your hair for the day. Right on. Um, Nothing falls into the mouth of a sleeping fox. I have never heard that before in my life. It says the fox is a sneaky creature and has to work for his food. This goes together with another of the old sayings, the sleeping fox will catch no chicken. These two simply mean a person who doesn't work doesn't eat. A lesson many in our society should learn from. No, I don't (laughs) mean those that can't work. Um, to provide, I mean, those who can and won't. Oh, <laughs> Ooh, snap. I, so this was a cranky grandma that said that. There she's like, get to get, work. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's wild. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, anyway, I think Julie's grandma saying just said, get, get off your buns and go to work. Get people. to work. <laughs> <laughs> um, if you haven't yet subscribed, please do that at anywhere you listen to podcasts, Apple, Google, Spotify. Yep. Yep. Any of those places. And if you have stories or verses or anything you'd like to share with us, please email those to the caregiven podcast at gmail.com. Yeah. And weird topics like this. We're yes, not above the weirder, the better the weird. So yeah. the weirder, well, actually we weren't very funny today, but no. sometimes on the real weird ones, we get a little we out of control, little, honestly. We can <laughs> pop off a little bit better, but this was not one of those topics. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Peace out, Girl Scouts. Oh, have a good day. The caregiven name is a registered trademark of the Veritrust Health Incorporated Company. Epaga is not connected to, affiliated with, or endorsed by Veritrust or any of its affiliates. 